chapter 4, uh, beginning in verse 32. It starts on a high note, even if it lands on a low note. So you can, you can enjoy that part. <laughs> uh, Acts chapter 4, uh, beginning in verse 32. Hear the word of God. Now, the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. Thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. The man named Ananias, with his wife Sapphira, sold a piece of property, and with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself yourself part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. When Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last. And great fear came upon all who heard uh, of it. The young men rose and wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. After an interval, interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter said to her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yes, for so much. But Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came in, they found her dead, And they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard these things. The grass withers and the flower fades, uh, but the scripture says the word of the Lord endures forever. We pray that it would among us even, even tonight. Kind of a tough passage, some hard uh, things uh, there, not maybe your favorite story. And maybe it's, maybe it's difficult for you to see some of the value of this passage, um, but don't, don't draw back from it. Um, you know, for me, part of my, part of my job is, uh, is fundraising. I send out, send out newsletters, uh, you know, give scholarships to people for fall conference. You should still sign up for fall conference. We'll get money for you. say, like, oh, it's too much. But no, we've got people to give money so we can help you uh, go to fall conference. So i got to send out newsletters and different things. And after reading this passage, I was thinking, hey, next newsletter, a little postcard that goes off. Like, I could do a little, little highlight on Ananias and Sapphira, right? Right? Like, 
Like, you know, if there's people that have like those pledges that are unfulfilled, you just kind of just kind of reference uh, chapter five of Acts, early verses. Um, right? I, I would never, I would never do that. Um, uh, and I think we, we watch out for that. We're afraid of that. Like, oh, is this some kind of uh, uh, manipulation that, that's going on here? Um, scare people into, into giving. Um, if you look at this a little bit closer, you realize in, in some ways the opposite's going on, right? Um, two of the big donors to the church end up dead. It's not exactly uh, motivating to, to draw in wealthy people and to, to get more uh, money for things. Um, it's not just trying to get uh, money. And let me assure you as we come into this passage that this passage is not about money. Church building campaigns going. It's the early church. They've got like more than 5,000 men. They're going to have to, nothing, nothing about that, no building campaign, anything. Uh, this passage is, is not about money. Money plays a pivotal role in some of the events here, the plot here, as it's described. Um, but the passage is not about money, and rather, actually, what it's about is, is love. You're like, I'm really not with you. Track with me, track with me. You'll, you'll, you'll see this as we go through it. Um, Jesus is not concerned primarily about money. Uh, Jesus is concerned about uh, love. I think we'll see this as we, we look at the passage. We'll look at it in two different sides of it. Um, the first section, kind of those last verses of chapter 4, uh, they describe interactions of, of genuine love, of genuine care and generosity uh, and sacrifice and giving and mutuality. These interactions of real, uh, genuine love for one another and mutual concern. The second section, uh, the parts in chapter 5, uh, about Ananias and Sapphira, uh, really is more the opposite. Um, it, it deals with those things that were disingenuine. Um, uh, it deals with a fake and a pretended love. Uh, that wanted that, would, that there was some sacrifice and some uh, things in, and yet there was a, a selfish desire and motive, a self-aggrandizement, or some words like that, um, uh, 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 considering themselves more important and trying to use the situation to gain more importance for themselves. Um, uh, a selfish motive out of a fake and pretended uh, love. Now that, that kind of fake or inauthentic uh, interaction is sometimes we would call that hypocrisy. Uh, you're, you're saying one thing uh, and doing doing another, living out of a uh, an opposite value of how what you're what you're saying. Um, so, so here, if you're tracing through Acts in the development of the of the Christian church, is the Bible's first highlight of hypocrisy. Right here it is, as it contrasts this genuine love uh, from the Spirit with a fake love, uh, which would say comes from from Satan. That's against God. That's against uh, the Spirit. Now, I know for some folks you might, especially if you're coming more with skepticism of Christianity, you're like, okay, this passage has it all, right? Like, all the things that I worry about, about Christianity, or, or I'm concerned with uh, here, man, I can just pile up the reasons, right? Is this, uh, is this an abuse of authority? Is this manipulation about money? Is it, is it guilt-tripping? Is there a vindictive God that's just laying people out? Where's, where's the love? Where's the redemption? Uh, what's, what's going on here? Um, and I think that's a... Great question to ask. What's going on here? And the way Acts is describing it is this, that Jesus has ascended, he's exalted, he is reigning, and so all these things that are happening are part of what Jesus is doing uh, among his people and in his church. So we're kind of like dumbfounded, and we're like, why would Jesus do this? 
right? Uh, why would Jesus uh, uh, have this happen? If it's not about money or manipulation, uh, what, what's so important um, that, it, that it falls out this way? Um, and, and right, especially, or all the more so, that's an important question when you realize uh, how much of an early stage of the church this is. Uh, this is not long after, after this is within the first uh, several months uh, after, after Jesus has uh, been raised and, and ascended, um, like a very formative stage, right? You know, when things are getting started, uh, you know, a team first comes together or whatever, you're still kind of figuring out who you are, what that character is, what it looks like. All those things that happen in that early stage uh, really matter. Uh, by this point, there's uh, maybe more than 5,000 people that are, that are part of it. But man, it's still fragile. Right? It's still really new. Um, and thinking just on human terms, the things that could get in our way and just destroy and, and, and break it out um, are, are huge. And so we read this passage, and in it, God kills two of the members, uh, two of the inside members of, the, of this body. And, and for what? Right? Um, for, for giving lots of money to help those in need, just not as much as they imply. Um, might not be the best strategy, we would think. If you really want to grow, grow the church, here's what you do. Well, no, we don't go there, right? Um, uh, not, not what we would say would be maybe the best way to attract visitors. Uh, if, you're, if you're new and you hear about, what is this Christianity? Oh, did you hear about Ananias and Sapphira? Okay, okay. Um, big donors don't really get motivated by this kind of story. Um, although, if you kept reading in, in this, uh, the, just after these verses, we ended at verse 11 and verse 14, uh, talks about uh, more than ever, uh, believers were added to the number. Uh, that the church continues to grow through this. Um, so, so why would Jesus do this? Uh, and I think... Hopefully you'll see this as we go through this passage. I think the conclusion uh, that you're forced to and the conclusion of this passage uh, is directing you to and looking at it is that Jesus was concerned for his church uh, not to be hypocritical. Uh, he was concerned to root out hypocrisy that might grow up uh, within it. Um, Jesus was concerned for his church to be uh, unhypocritical. Uh, so I have to do that going along with this. Um, he's concerned for his church to be unhypocritical, but rather a community of genuine love uh, from the Spirit. And, and as we go through this, we're just going to look at those two sides, uh, but I want you to consider that for yourself, too. Uh, to consider your interactions, your love, your friendships, close friendships, distant ones, casual interactions, uh, and, and how much are you genuine and, and how much is there pretending and faking and going along? I, I think we're, we're familiar with all the different sides of that spectrum, right? Usually there's people that we feel like we can be very genuine with. Uh, there's people we have no idea how to be genuine with or context where we feel like maybe we're supposed to just fake and pretend things. But how much are you, are you genuine and how much is, is put on? Uh, because what the Spirit is working in his people is a genuine love that overflows from the heart uh, in, in ways that when we just go at it, we don't even know how to put on. Uh, but he works out in a real sense. Uh, and Jesus is not willing at uh, this early stage of the church. He's willing to, to show that that is, is not, um, not something that can just be imitated uh, or destroyed by that imitation. Uh, so first, uh, genuine love uh, from the Spirit. Um, 
genuine love, uh, you can you know, go to some psychology books or research. Some people talk about it as, as like one of the most basic needs for human survival. Um, right? We need people that would know us uh, and, and care for us and interact with us. Uh, there's things that talk about the differences in, in just actually experiencing physical touch. That's a, that's a positive thing and how much that uh, the health and uh, emotional health uh, uh, thrives in context where there is real uh, love. How y'all know this is what can be so hard about moving to a new place. Uh, that can even just be like changing to a new apartment or living with different people or being in a totally new city, new context, uh, come to FSU, what have you, graduate, try to start a job, um, and you, you just feel that, that need for community, part of how God's made us and in his image. Um, and we, we need that. And here in Acts, what we're doing is we're getting, uh, Scripture's given us uh, glimpses of this, this community that Christ builds. Uh, even a new creation uh, from the spirit community that, that Christ is building. And there's no way to read those first verses in chapter 4 and not be just kind of floored with the interactions that happen, with the type of, of love, uh, the extremity of it, of real genuine care. You can sum it up in, the, in verse 32, kind of the end of it there, several different phrases, but at the end of it, it uses this phrase. They had everything in common. Right, so you just want to look at it overall, and there's genuine love. One of the ways it worked out was they have everything in common. Now, a lot of times we might think, like, okay, this is what matters. Like, commonalities are what matter. Like, the more we have in common, uh, the easier it is to relate, to get along, to do things well. It's, it's this commonality that makes things work. Um, Saturdays over here in, in Doak, on a home game weekend. Many people can be of all kind of different political ideologies and parties and all kind of this, but you can get uh, more than 80,000 people together uh, in one place doing, doing one motion repeatedly, right? Because there's, there's something in common that we care about, uh, that we're excited about, especially when it's, when it's going well. Um, when it's raining, it takes a little bit longer for about 80,000 to get out there, but, 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 but here it is. Um, you know, it's real stress, like with dating relationships or whatever. Well, like, how much do you have in common? Where, where's your connection? Like, what do you, what do you talk about? How do you, how do you uh, do these things? There's um, some of you may have even used some of the apps or different services, like um, for even finding a roommate, right? Like, you fill out these things, and it'll match you up with someone else who uh, has these same preferences or commonalities, and so it predicts that you'll be like good roommates together, right? It's built on some of these commonalities. How we tend to form friendships. Uh, around sharing some of the same things. Uh, you play the, play the same sport. Uh, you like the same, uh, same Xbox games as me, or we uh, have the same sense of humor, same fashion, or um, music taste overlap. Let's go to this concert together. Uh, movies playing down at the SLC that we both like. Well, hey, and, and a friendship starts to, starts to form, right? A lot of times just out of those uh, commonalities. Uh, there's all types of organizations, even on campus, to connect people with certain shared things. But you don't have to read very far in this passage to realize that that's not what it's talking about when it says they had everything in common. It's not saying, oh, they all like to play sports together or they all like the Knowles. There's some of those things, yeah, there's a deep religious um, uh, commonality, but that's not what it's saying when it says they had everything in, in, in common. In fact, what you notice pretty quickly uh, as you read the passage is that there's, there's a huge difference. There's a huge difference among different people that are part of this community. Um, and the, the big difference that's going on here is that there's a huge socioeconomic difference. People on both ends of the spectrum, 
right? Different poles. There's the, there's the filthy rich, uh, and there's the and there's the dirt dirt poor, and they're together. Um, American common society now. Like there, there's a lot of things that continue to divide our society the way they used to it. Um, and politics, like especially as it starts to get in election season, you got to watch out like what conversations you have or who you, who you say it with. You may think, hey, this is time to just make fun of Trump. And then someone else is like, what? All right, most people were pretty glad to uh, make fun of Trump. But still, still, there's some folks that you know, get in there. You got to watch out about where these things go. Um, man, I'm thankful that so much has happened for developing racial relations in our country, but there's still a uh, division uh, there that keeps coming up in the, in the news and just in life uh, in general. Uh, there's lots of things that continue to divide our, our society, but one of the biggest factors in that is, is socioeconomic differences. Um, neighborhoods and schools and education and jobs and social interactions so much that it is that it's rare uh, for wealthy people and poor, needy people to be friends. Genuine friends, spend time together, uh, hang out, to know, to care, to genuinely love one another. But that's what you see happening uh, in this passage uh, here. Uh, despite vast economic differences, still they're living in such genuine community, community where they have uh, everything in common. People who have uh, houses or fields are are selling the things that belong to them, even though they're wealthy and this person's not, in order to give of that to them. They're recently in this whole thing uh, together. It's, it's a glimpse of this new creation community of the spirit of those who share in Christ. Uh, it, it's something that is, that is part of who they are as the body of Christ. Right? That's why it starts off saying the full number, right? All, all those believers at this time, it's not like, hey, there was a certain set among this group that this really cool thing started to happen. No, among the full number of believers, this is what's happening because this is what God's spirit in them is, is doing, is working out a genuine love. They have one heart uh, and soul. There's a common identity and purpose of who they are, of uh, sharing in this, uh, in this purpose in Christ uh, as his witnesses after the resurrection. Heaps up the, the phrases to emphasize this, right? Uh, not, no one... Uh, uh, um, how to put it? Uh, and, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common, right? No one said that any of them were, were just his own, but they had everything in common. Listen, it's not that they had to. That's part of what's so beautiful about it. I know some people, some people hate communism and socialism. Some people love it. They're like, wow, is that what's going on here? Here's the thing. It's not being enforced. It's not from on high. Uh, it, it's none of that. It's, they're not required to. They don't have to. They want to. It's a genuine desire when they're like, here's this, here's this enterprise that I have going that's making me money off of this field. And you know what? Here's this person who doesn't have very much. I want to get rid of what I have so that I can freely give it to them. Oh, it's tough. It's tough. Um, but there's sometimes where you, you, I mean, we feel that genuine, there is real genuine love that, uh, that God works in people. And certainly among, uh, uh, certainly the spirit continues to work this among believers. But even just on a common level, like sometimes it's excited, get, be in a new apartment with friends. Like you decide you're going to room together. 
like, oh, it's going to be so great. You start planning it out. Um, girls, you're like, what are you going to decorate together? Guys are like, who's got the TV? <laughs> who's got the couch? Where are we going to spread some of this stuff out? Um, so you get excited about uh, sharing space together, sharing life together. Uh, you sit on each other's furniture. You share each other's game consoles. Like, if the other person has a big movie collection, you're like, this is going to be great, right? Because um, you're just joining into it uh, freely. Um, uh, girls borrowing each other's clothes, right? All kinds of things. Um, but, but then if your roommate's there and you have this great thing and then all of a sudden they're, they're around, they just like pick up, your, pick up your wallet, pick up your pocketbook, open it up, grabbing out some cash, they're not saying anything, just putting, putting it down, right? You're like, whoa, whoa, right? Someone just crossed the line. Uh, yeah, we can sit on each other. This isn't okay. You can't just take money. They're not people that are taken here. But right, it's, it's hard for us to go, oh, you know what? If you need something, I want to I give. I want to share with you. Um, Karen and I have uh, told this story too many times. But early on when we were, when we were married, uh, one of the fights that we remember uh, having is um, uh, we were up in Philly. I was in seminary. She was working as a nurse. My parents had gotten me a new laptop computer for, for graduation from, from college. Something was going on, I don't even remember the, the things where maybe she wanted to use it when I thought I needed to use it, and I said something, and, and what I, where the conversation ended up going to is, hey, no, my parents got me this computer for graduation, this is mine. <laughs> um, can you believe she was hurt by that and, and offended by that? Not the best thing to, to say, since repented of that, we've worked through these things. Um, because what am I, what am I doing? I'm saying, I'm not willing to share with you. Our love that we're married and like have a house to, like, uh, doesn't extend this far. You can't cross this line. This is just for me, um, and I'll keep you out of it. Um, the, the nat- that's the natural way for us to deal with one another. Um, but here you have a community of people, more than 5,000, some of whom are very wealthy and some of whom are very poor, and they're like, Hey, let me let me sell something so that you can be okay. You need a computer? I'll take take mine. Um, Why they act this way? What's what's going on? It's that type of radical loving uh, community. Um, Because most of these people, a large portion of these people, were already uh, God fearing Jews a couple of couple of months ago. Uh, They already had a lot of commonalities around the same race and nation and religion. They knew to love neighbor. but now there's a difference. Now there's this change. And that change comes in what Jesus has done. That they're looking at it and saying, Jesus has met all of my needs. And it makes me want to interact with others who have needs uh, differently. Uh, Jesus, as the Savior and representative, uh, gave his life. Uh, that they could be restored uh, to life uh, and relationship with God. He suffered I was crucified for our sins. Uh, we could be restored to him. Uh, the spirit uh, that Jesus has given, the God, God himself coming uh, to us, this first fruit of, of the blessings of the, of, of the new creation, um, they, they already have. And these things happening of what Christ has done is what makes them want to love as they'd been loved. Not earned, not deserved, but freely and sacrificially given. Like, wouldn't you love to be in a community like that? Um, not not looked down on when you're needy. Not not treated like a project. 
not having to hide when you, when you need help. Um, that the poor and the ugly and the disabled and the hurting are always cared for. No one's lacking. You're not worried about pretense. You don't have to put it on and fake it, where you don't have to wonder, oh, do they really mean to offer this? Should I, should I have to do this? Uh, but there's a real and genuineness of love that's beautiful. Uh, sometimes I'm not, I'm not always sure that, that we would want to be in a community uh, like that. I have a hard time selling some of my possessions for you, right? Um, it's, it's not just about selling possessions. It's about putting, putting other people first, uh, considering others more significant than ourselves, the way Christ has for us, the way Philippians uh, puts it. Um, but the opposite of, opposite of love, some people would say, isn't hate, but, it, but it's selfishness, right? Um, but here, what God, is, what God is working, what Jesus produces in his people is a radical, a genuine love for one another. It's what his church looks like. It's a, it's a character of, of help and genuineness. Uh, Romans puts it, let's love uh, be genuine. It's beautiful when we can share that, that genuineness with one another. Uh, genuineness of, of giving and of receiving and of, of sharing life together, be known and, and loving. Um, but the second section tells the there's a different aspect that comes out as well. Um, second section, we see a, a faked love. Um, it's what Jesus' spirit roots out of believers. Right? We, all, we all know what like fake love or pretended love uh, looks like or feel like. Maybe that's just growing up, you know, and all of a sudden you're like, have this big argument with your with your uh, with your sibling. Your parents are like, "Now tell your sister that you love her." <laughs> and there is, there's great deep love there. But but at that moment, you're like, "I love you." <laughs> right? Like you're, you're just faking it. You're just putting it on. You're just trying to get through that. That never happens in my house with my children. But uh, but it could. I'm sure someone has, has seen this. Um, or or we feel like in certain contexts that we're just supposed to to act like we we care. Just because we're trying to be polite. It would be great if it was genuine, but, you know, <laughs> we're just going just gonna to put it on. Uh, and, and probably a lot of us know what it's like to think someone else is just faking their interactions with you. Like, oh, they're being polite right now, uh, but they're wishing, they're looking for the next opportunity to go. Uh, and I heard that, I've heard about the things that they've said behind my back. They always smile when they're looking at me. Like, it hurts. It's ugly. Um, so this passage gives you two uh, specific examples, two concrete uh, e- examples here. Uh, the example first of, uh, of Joseph, also called Barnabas, and the example of Ananias and Sapphira. And uh, the, the one is to, 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 to give the contrast to the other. Uh, the one example of, of real, genuine love and another fake and, and pretended. Uh, Joseph, Barnabas gives us an example of love. Uh, he dispa- displays specifically what's been described in the, in the verses that we were already uh, talking about, right? Describes Barnabas and Joseph as this uh, great guy, this Levite. I mean, right, the guy has a nickname from the apostles, right? They're like, this guy is so great. Everybody likes him. We're going to call him Encourager. I don't call him Joseph anymore. Hey, have you met Encourager? This guy is so great. Um, everybody loves him. He's generous. He's kind. He's um, uh, very, very generous. When it says he had a field, like I tend to think like an empty lot, right? Like, oh, nothing was happening over this field. Uh, in the agricultural society, right, a field is like a money-making uh, enterprise. It's like having a bunch of stock or owning a company or someone's like, oh, I have a big apartment complex, you know, West 10 over on, over on Tennessee Street. You know what? I'm going to sell that uh, and I'll be able to help a bunch of people over here. That's, that's the kind of thing of him uh, selling a uh, field. 
Uh, I'll bet the farm on it, that, that kind of thing. He sold the whole thing and brought the money to those who need. It's an impressive example of the genuine love that Jesus works uh, in, his, in his people. And then there's Ananias and Sapphira. Um, their example, fake love that, that ends in, in death. And basic summation is, hey, this, is, this had happened from what Barnabas had done, from what others uh, had done. And they said, hey, we're going to join into this. Um, they sell property that they have, and they decide to secretly and deceitfully keep some of it for themselves. Um, they still give what must have been a, a large sum of money. It could help a lot of people. Uh, but Peter calls him out. Uh, Ananias, what have you done? He, he confronts them. And why have you lied uh, and held back? <laughs> um, and, and he falls down dead. Three hours later, Sapphira comes in. He confronts her. Was it really this amount that you sold it for? Yes. Same thing. She falls out uh, dead, breathes her last, and is buried. Fear upon the whole church. Uh, all right, first of all, like, what's not wrong with it? Like, it's, it's difficult. But, right, I mean, it's not wrong. Be clear. Like, it's not wrong that they gave lots of money. It's okay to give. Uh, no, but you see Barnabas' example uh, here. This is not what's, what's going on with it. Uh, it's not even that they didn't give all of it. Uh, when Peter is saying it to him, he says, um, uh, while, it was, while it was yours before it was sold, it was yours. You could do what you wanted with it. Hey, even after you sold it, it was yours to distribute how you wanted. Um, the thing is, not the money. You lied about it. Uh, and you're lying not to people, not just to, to, to man. You're lying against the Holy Spirit. You're lying uh, to God. Uh, what's wrong so that we don't emulate it is they're lying and testing the spirit. They're faking love. They're pretenders. Uh, they're hypocrites. Uh, Peter even says it's, it's satanic, right? How has Satan filled your heart? Uh, Jesus calls Satan the, the father of lies. Um, strategies in scripture are, are counterfeiting love with selfishness. Listen, if we were there, if we'd seen what Ananias and Sapphira had done, we would have been like, man, but that was a huge gift for the church. Maybe we need to name a building after them. Definitely still send them a plaque and, and do something. And how can we follow up with this and find out if there's more things that they would like to, like to give, right? Um, Jesus is more concerned in his church about authentic, genuine love than about what he can get out of people, what people can give. And when, when what they're doing is trying to take this opportunity of here's people really loving one another, and they're like, you know what? We can, we can act like that and make ourselves look really good. Uh, you can't like read entirely into the, into the passage, but, but still looking at um, how they, it's hard not to say that they were like envious of, of Barnabas, right? Here's Barnabas, he's got his nickname, the apostles love him, everyone looks up to him like, man, we could, we could get in on some of this. We could be important. Maybe the apostles will give us a, of us a nickname. People will look up to us and we'll be valuable in the church. We'll be important. We'll have our respect. We can, we can really be part of this thing. Um, but there's a selfishness of it, not just a willingness to sacrifice, not primarily concerned with the needy. Um, see how contrary to, to all this, um, contrary to what Jesus is doing, all that is? If I can put it this way, um, because one of the biggest one of the biggest slams against the church um, is the hypocrisy, right? People who would say this and say this, but they don't they don't live that out. And what does it look like? 
Uh, well, in Acts 5, as hard as this passage is, maybe for us at times, uh, Jesus makes clear that he hates hypocrisy more than you do. Uh, he hates the lie of hypocrisy and, and the faking of it uh, more than you do, and he will not let his people uh, be defined by. Uh, so listen, if you hate hypocrisy, please hate it more. That's, Nick, don't, you don't like go take people out. Not, not where the passage is going. Um, but, but please, yes, hate something that's faking and pretending what's real and what's genuine and, and what's good. Um, Jesus doesn't allow it to be what characterizes his church at the foundation he is tending and protecting uh, of it. Um, it's part of the responsibility of the church to be to tend and, and do this uh, more. Um, right, to be a beautiful community without any hypocrisy, without any, hypocr without any hypocrites. Um, uh, we, we, we would love that. We would look like for, for this room and these interactions to look only full of genuineness and not any pretension or faking. That's what Jesus' spirit creates in his people. But the, but the real reason this story uh, is, is scary uh, and, it, and it hurts, um, is that we're afraid that God might kill us. Um, oh, man, there's, there, there's plenty, of, you know, plenty of faking that goes on in, in the Christian church. There's plenty of faking that goes on in, in most of our hearts. And there's ways that we think, like, well, hey, believers are supposed to be good. These are the things you're supposed to think or, or believe or show. And you're like, okay, let's, let's go along with that. Um, Man, I, f I feel the weight of it. Like, I'm a pastor. I stand in front of y'all and declare these things, right? Like, well, is it genuine? Is it real? Is this what I believe? Yes, and yes, it is. Uh, and yet, do I feel like I've got I've to hide my struggles? I uh, hope I don't do that. I try not to. Me too more. But I do. I do. I, I twist things to make it look like I'm, I'm better than I am because I want you to think well of me. Uh, and I want Jesus to root that out of my heart. And I want him to root that out of your heart and root that out of this community. We would love one another genuinely. Not that you've got to like sell your Xbox because someone else needs a meal that day. But you could. You might want to because of how Jesus is working. Um, you see why this is so important in the church, like why Jesus would do this. Not because he's vindictive. Uh, not because he's uh, judgmental, because he's rude, because he's a harsh and, and arrogant uh, God. Um, man, what? Yeah, human rulers were always like, okay, so you give, a, give a little more money on the side, you got a little more, uh, little more pull. And Jesus is creating something that is not that. Uh, that he has given all that we would share uh, that generous of love with one another. Um, what's the Spirit teaching you here? What should you learn? Are you like Barnabas? Probably in some ways, maybe. Are you like Ananias and Sapphira? Are you just needy? <laughs> like, I'm hoping someone will help. Um, listen, if you're feeling the weight of this passage, and there's ways where you may be, um, what I say to you is simply, stop faking it. It's good and okay to just stop faking it. Uh, stop saying, like, yeah, I believe these things. If you're not sure that you believe these things, go, I don't know that I buy this. I don't know that I buy that this community is, is, is real, that these things really happen, or that God is real. Like, stop, stop faking it. 
um, just pretending that is actually uh, going against all of it, is pushing a wall that you feel like, I've got to put on this, and if enough people accept it, then I'll be all right. It's okay to stop faking it. Stop pretending. Uh, stop pretending that you're righteous enough, that you've got things together to kind of put on your Christian face, your, your mask, continue to put on a fake Christian morality. Uh, this passage would say is satanic. <laughs> is that a good contrast for you? Uh, putting on a fake Christian morality is, 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 is from Satan. Um, my sexual struggles, oh, please, please, like, it's not like pretending like that, that's not, uh, like the thought never occurred to you, right? It's always people on campus, but, oh, that's, those are, those are bad things, I'm glad I don't, uh, like y'all are all college students, it's the age in life where, mm, yes, <laughs> I have to use a very sexually charged uh, place, um, stop, stop faking that it's not a, not a deal for you. Um, putting it on and hiding from one another and you're afraid someone else is going to find out about it or whatever. We're, we're fine. Like, just take like bitterness and, and gossip. Right? Uh, things that scripture highlights often. Don't, don't pretend that you always think well of others. Um, acknowledge it. Repent of it. But, but, but be real about it. Man, uh, service projects sometimes, Bible studies, small groups that we do, writing kind messages, helping one another. Like, those are all great things, right? Unless the, what you're doing is looking for your own credit, looking for people to value you. You do it a lot. Stop trying to, to just look like a Christian or act like a Christian or put on the right behavior or smile uh, and be honest and look to Jesus and see your need. See someone who's met that need. Uh, if you're coming with this passage with skepticism about Christianity or the Bible or God, like, like, great, please be honest with that. And stop feeling like you keep having to come up with, like, a good enough reason or a good enough argument back against it and go, I don't believe this and I'm afraid of it and I'm afraid of what it might say of me and I'm afraid that God would kill me and I don't, I don't like the idea of there being someone that just could, people could just, like, fall down dead. That's scary. Yeah, it is. All right, we'll, we'll face some of that and, and acknowledge and say, God, how are you going to treat me? What, what would you want me to be? Why would I try to go about that? Who, who really is this Jesus and should I care or like him? Am I genuine? Do I meet my own standards of what genuine should be and look like? Um, there's a freedom to stop pretending and stop faking and be genuine and come to God and come needy and come broken and come hurting uh, or, and, and come uh, to him. Uh, if you see the beauty of this passage, both of, of Jesus creating this real uh, community and his protecting of it and his honoring himself, then, then start loving people more. As you're already loving and caring for one another, this passage is to propel you forward into that more, to love more. This is what the Spirit of Christ uh, creates in us, not to just look to our own needs, but to those uh, around us. I like who are the people that you kind of just pretend to like. Uh, and, and figure out, like, all right, well, what, what does it look like to, to deal with them? Uh, why would you actually care about them? What are the things that frustrate uh, you, but, but how's God treated you? How should that shape a, a real interaction uh, with them? But genuinely, I love other believers on the campus, uh, other ministries, other churches, uh, how you can give yourself for others. That Jesus has given himself for you, and no one will, is, is forcing you or requiring of you, uh, giving up any things, but he creates in his people the desire to sacrifice themselves for others. Uh, and his spirit is working that in us and moving us ever uh, to that end. 
Or the church continues to go forward. Or the church continues to serve and continue to love and continue to care for the poor and the needy, uh, even when there's a bunch of hypocrisy uh, that's often within it, that God continues to create real and genuine uh, love out of it. Uh, Through things that amaze us, uh, through things that scare us, uh, Jesus is building his church and he's expanding his kingdom and it moves forward unhypocritical, uh, unhindered uh, because of what Jesus does in his church. May God be the glory.